who I know answers my phone call, who's always <laughs> done what he says he's going to do and knows his shit, mm-hmm. then to me that's worth it than driving around trying to save this here. And we can try to act like it's been, oh, $7 here. It's a lot, right? Over time it adds up. But the value of my time finding another deal, the value of my time working on my business is more valuable. And I'm not very handy by mm. any means. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. um, like, I, I laugh about it because it's true. The extent of my construction experience is I've changed out switch plates. That's truth because mm. I don't want to do that shit. It's not fun for me. We got a house that I'm doing right now as well that, um, you know, I, I have my girlfriend involved because I hate picking stuff out. I hate it. I'm always concerned that what I pick out is going to look like shit because so, I don't have a good sense of design. I have no yeah. vision. Yeah. So you're actually trusting in those people's vision to actually help you with that. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So he's he's the opposite of me. Mm. Yeah. So Michael is like dead opposite with business. Me, I'm the guy not really saving $8. As you know, like in the warehouse, right. I got, I'm saving 80 bucks a light fixture. You right. know, I'm buying my stuff. So I'm saving like, I actually did the math. On a hundred houses, I flip. I save over a million a year with my with my money saving tips. So for me, because I'm doing volume, right, it's worth it. But if I'm Michael and I only do ten houses, right, I probably wouldn't be as concerned. But with the way that I run my business, it's in a whole nother mindset. Like I'm like, okay, I'm gonna buy and save money on everything I can save. But I do agree with Michael at a certain point where you go, fuck it. So I have the mentality about my AC. I don't go to my AC guy and try to go find an AC on a discount. When it comes to certain like roofing, I don't try to go sign discounted roofing materials. I look to save money on fixtures, like things that are like 80 bucks at Lowe's I can get for $10 on an auction site. That's what I look to save money on. Mm. The stuff that I can affect, I can go online, I bid on them, my guys pick them up, my guys put them in. So I have that systemized in that sense. But he's right on the money. Sometimes you have to be at that mindset of, am I really trying to jump, like trip over pennies to make dollars? You know, like he has the right mindset in that sense that he's willing to say, okay, I'll pay this contractor $10,000 more to do this house than Justin would pay. Because I don't want to deal with it. And I'm willing to give up you know, $120,000 a year to this contractor to yeah. do these houses. That, and I make millions of dollars. Yeah. I don't want to give it up. I'm, I was in, what, Fort Lauderdale a week, two weeks ago for 10 days. I'm going to San Diego, Newport next week for a week. We come back for two weeks. We're going to Dallas. Like, I trust this guy. I don't need to oversee it. Frankly, I don't want to oversee it. And right. honestly, the way I look at it is... If you can buy your deals, I'm the worst flipper. I probably overdo everything, every one of my houses, because I don't know. I'm I'm not good at, oh, this is, you know, you don't need to put this in, Michael. You can put this in instead. Um, so I'm the worst flipper, but I'm really good at getting good deals. So I think being able to get the good deals and have access to cheap money, yeah, you make up, you know, some people are good at doing stuff well, so they don't need to get the best of deal. Yep. I only want the best of deals. So if I got a if I'm a, like overdoing it in one area, it's okay cuz the deal the deal covered me. I'm mm. never going to do a deal to force a deal. You know what I mean? Mm. So I remember one time Justin, you said something to me I'll never forget. You were yeah. like, "I get a rush from closing deals." Oh god. Right? Yeah. Like you you are that type of person <laughs> where you have that type of like I need to close because that's just a part of my makeup. Was well, that everybody everybody has oh, a yeah. different thing, yeah. yeah. Well, we were I was just talking to this um with somebody Actually, a client of mine that um, is—he's in mergers and ac- acquisitions for his uh, for his profession. It almost sounded like mergers and acquisitions. I was yeah. going to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's an Italian in him. So, um, so he says to me, "Oh, I was telling him. I was like, you know, it's funny. I was talking to my mom, and I was like, Mom, I'm, I'm trying to figure out. She's like, What you doing? I'm like, I'm trying to figure out my walkaway number. And she's and she's like, your walkaway number. She's what I mean. I explained it to her mom. This is. You know, walkaway number is the number that you have that you're happy and you don't you don't want to work anymore. And I'm like, she's like, you'll never stop. She's like, you love it too much. Mm. You know, we we went to. Uh, it's funny, we were in Fort Lauderdale um, two weeks ago, and you know, I go with my girlfriend and, and my one year old daughter, and I'm still in the hotel and I'm working because I. I do love it very, very much. So, yes, closing deals is... Ellie's uh, going to have a cell phone at, like, 3. Oh, yeah, she's on the phone by 3. <laughs> she's going to be closing she's deals. She's closing deals at 5. <laughs> she's already been to probably three different uh, house uh, projects or whatever, maybe four. She's flipping big wheels. Yeah. yeah. No, for she's sure. Got a, she's got a personality, though. Oh, God. She's definitely... Yeah. I think she'll definitely be doing deals with her yeah. dad, for sure. So, I do want to ask you about that. So, you've recently become a father. Yes. First time. Um, yeah, for the most part. Okay. Well, I do want to ask you about that experience because 
obviously the business, I don't know if the business lifestyle prepares you for fatherhood or anything like that. Would you want to speak to that as far as your experience in, in that realm? No, I think it's the other way around, actually. I think the, you know, that prepares you more for business. I feel more motivated than ever. I feel more instinctual. Mm. You know, you want to provide. Like, I, I see her and I'm like, you are never going to worry about money, ever. Like, like that is not necessarily number one, but it's up there in mm. terms of priority. You know what I mean? And, and spoiling them. Like, you, you, like, Michael's like me. Like, if I can spoil my daughter, like, my daughter has everything. Like, if I can spoil her, like, I'm going to do it. Oh, yeah. And you have the same mentality as a dad. Like, daddy's little girl especially. Mm. Oh, yeah. Like, mommy, mama's boy is real. Daddy's little girl is real. And daddy's little girl wants to be around daddy all the time. But I think it's important that he said exactly what any any father who actually gives a shit about their kids. Right wants their kids to be set up for life. You know, oh, if yeah. you can give them that opportunity, and then they can do whatever they love. If, if his daughter wants to go be a nurse, she can be a nurse. If she wants to go work, she can work. But she's not going to be stressed about, can I have a house? Am I going to afford the car? Am I right. going to have this? Am I going to have that? He mm -hmm. wants her to have freedom. Money is not going to be the motivator for her. Okay, I see. That, that makes sense, right? Like, you don't want well, your... it's freedom. It's, money is not even the motivator for me. Money is a way to keep score. Money is a way to... It's, it's funny. It's not the money you're in love with. It's what it can do for you. And I think sometimes people, it's funny, I see that people when they're like, they're hoarding money. And it's like, some people, they, I think they get like a high off of seeing a certain dollar amount in their bank account. And I'm like, is it the money you're in love with or is it the possibility and you're okay with holding it because whatever it does for you? Yeah. It's not the money. I do want to touch on this a little bit because I asked him, how did your mindset change when, when you became a father? As a You were a businessman before, I'm assuming. Yeah, I was a businessman before. And then you had your, your daughter, and then yeah. things changed. I would say that uh, the number one thing for me is you love something more than anything. Like, you, you love her more than your, your lady. You love her more than yourself. Um, you know, the relationship with your kid, it's, it's just unbreakable. So for me, it was like, I'm responsible, not only financially, emotionally supportive, like you, you're everything to them. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's it. Like, so you have, you don't have a, a fuck it. Like, I don't have a fuck it. Like, I don't have, there's nothing in the world. Like, and I, I'd have to be dead before it's like, I couldn't do anything. Mm. But if I could, if I was disabled, I'd still work. If I had, if my broken leg, broken arm, I don't give a shit yeah. what it is. If I can fucking talk, I'm going to make money. So it's really just. You just don't have a no. You don't have an end. And I feel like people who say, well, like, if this happens or this happens or I lose my job or this happens, I, they have excuses. No, fuck that. There's always an opportunity. And if you're a person that says, oh, I'm going to give up my family, then you don't deserve a family. Yeah. You have to have a mindset of, like, I don't care what the fuck happens. I'm going to make this happen. Right. Yeah. I agree with that. I think there's it's too easy for people to have that attitude of, of fuck it. You hear, you hear it from them, right? They're just like, I don't give a shit, I, you know, whatever. I've it's experienced like, with that. I have, a, I have my fiance who had an ex like that, the same mindset. Like, if he well, I don't have the money. I can't afford it. can't take care of my kid. I can't do this. That's a fucking cop-out. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a cop-out. And so I've seen it in my own eyes and with my fiance, but I've also seen it with other people. And I can honestly say that it's just their mindset. It's not that they can't work or they can't make money. It's a mindset. Like, I don't want to deal with it. And those are the people that are always ultimately, you know, in my opinion, pieces of shit. Because if you just give up on your family, that's your, you're a piece of shit. It's one thing if, like, obviously, if you're in a position where, like, your wife or your girlfriend takes off with your kid and you got to find them, that's one thing, right? But if you legitimately are there and you're the reason that yeah. it's done, like, you are the reason. Well, you can only control you. Yeah. yeah. And you're That's probably it. talking about an extreme exception case where someone who is, if not a sociopath, downright, you know, cynical and just does not want to contribute what they need to for their child. I mean, but I even sociopaths have kids, and right. even sociopaths will be there for their kids. So you can't say all sociopaths. No, no. But you just like you can't generalize. All oh, this race is doesn't take care of their kids as much as this race. Ultimately, that's not true. It's the person, yeah. the individual. And I think that's one thing in this country that we have the problem with is we keep bringing up like, well, this race is problem with kids, and this race has nothing to do with that. Yeah, it's, it's the person. It's limiting beliefs. I mean, it's it's. Um... Tom Brady puts on the nun the other day. He said, the day I don't think I can win another Super Bowl, that's the day I'm out. I'll, I'll stop playing. Yeah. That's why so, people love that dude like that because he says stuff like that. And you're like, yeah, man, I, I'm trying to be down. But, like but, it's, but think about it. So you're talking about this guy who's not taking care of his family or whatever. Okay. Did you 
do you not believe in yourself? Do you think you can't? Or is it just so hard to take care of them that the thought of going to work or being better is so bad that not even they are motivating you? Honestly, I think it's a learned behavior. I think you see people do it, and it justifies it. It makes it okay. And then you say, well, my daddy did it. Someone's got to break the mold. I agree. agree The same thing goes with, like, littering, right? A lot of people litter. Right. Okay? I don't litter, but a lot of people go, oh, this guy threw trash over here. I'll just keep throwing trash. And that's what we see in society. Mm -hmm. If you look at the freeways or anywhere, you see it's just like like poor neighborhoods. They stay (coughs) poor, and they stay lower-class neighborhoods because of the community. If the community went in there and made their houses nice and painted their houses and brought up the values— there would be no problems. There would be no poor neighborhoods. If people treated their neighborhoods as a whole better, the poor neighborhoods, I'm not talking about the higher-end neighborhoods, but the poor neighborhoods, you wouldn't see so much problems. So let me ask you this question, because I think that's a good point to, to go on to, which is what can people do to maintain the value of their properties and their neighborhoods, right? If they're not a flipper or they haven't been in real estate, what's the things that they could learn that okay. says, okay, yeah. my property value is not going to suffer because of other people. I'm doing things here to keep my property value up. So when Mike comes calling or Justin comes calling, I can say, hey, it's, it's competent at this because of what I did. Yeah. What would you say to those people? Get a, get a property in an HOA. I, I love the HOAs. Yeah. Um, it's, it, this is uh, constantly a topic of conversation. A lot of people hate HOAs. But yet their homes in an HOA. So why? Like, um, I like the uniformity of it. I like that there's a standard. HOAs sometimes are very slow at getting things done. Um, I, I am in process of buying a property right now in Flagstaff, and it's funny because um, the HOA is definitely like behind what they needed to do, and it was disclosed to me, and I saw it. But they're starting to come around. Like, there's like steps on the on by the curb where it's like it should be yellow and it's faded or it's, you know, it's uh it's in the mountains. So there's the wood uh, staircase up to the top and then the railing and they need to fix it and it looks like shit, but I know it's, I know it's changing. Um, but for the most part, there's uniformity in it. So to me, that's a big deal because I don't want to go into a, a neighborhood and my house looks good and the neighbor's house is painted purple. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and you see that shit. Yeah, and it affects value. I'm assuming, right? I think people aren't going to want to. I also think though that if you don't have an HOA, make sure the city is on top of it because the city actually does come in. There's city ordinances, so if there's not an HOA, this actually happens too. So he's right. If you if you want to have less problems, an HOA is going to keep people putting their trash cans out, putting them in, cleaning their landscaping, making sure gates aren't broken, you know that. But I have the city. I have a perfect example. I have a house in Tucson. The city called me today. They're like, hey man. You got a problem with your gate. It broke. You know, I'm like, I just bought this flip. They go, well, this the city's on my ass now. They see that I transferred ownership and I bought this house. But the HOA gave me 90 days. But the city's like, you have five days. And I'm like, <laughs> fuck, what the fuck? Damn. So there is a thing that, that will I will bring up that if a city is on top of it, sometimes the HOA doesn't matter as much. Because if a city's like, hey, you can't have big-ass weeds in your front yard. You can't have – your houses can't be all trash. You can't leave trash out front. The whole painting the a house a certain color, yes – um, city ordinances won't tell them the paint color, but they will say like the road, the condition, the driveways, the the landscaping. If a gate's broken, if it's run down, if something's breaking, but a lot of city doesn't enforce it. So city of Phoenix is huge. They'll they'll enforce it if they see that you have money. Like me, I have an LLC. They look me up. They go, oh, "This guy's a millionaire. He can afford to fix this shit. He can afford to fix it." But if you're poor, you can request the city to pay for it. Mm. That's actually legit. But I think to add on to what he's saying is that. You know, look at your neighborhood when you first buy it. If you buy your house and all the neighbors' weeds are fucking six inches and there's freaking broke down trucks in the front driveways and you're expecting that neighbor to go up, look around. Yeah. But or, if you or pay the right price for it. Yeah. And then the the other thing is like I, I agree with him that, you know, if you don't want to deal with that, you go to HOA. But I also think there's a lot of houses without HOAs that have good neighborhoods. It comes down to the community. So like people that have communities that say, Hey, I we're all keeping these like Cleaning up your weeds is free, guys. You don't have to – if you don't have the money, you can you can do your own weeds. You can spray your own freaking yard. You can you can paint your own fucking house. You know, It's not hard to paint your house and to clean your weeds, especially if you're a worker-class guy. Most people can do it, okay? And if you don't know how to do it, there's somebody in the neighborhood that probably can help you. Right. You either but, have time or money. Or you got somebody yeah. in your family or your friend group or something Someone's like that. Someone's going to help yeah, you. So it's sure. so community, I think, is a big deal. But I do agree that if you don't want to deal with any of that, you don't want to worry about community, this and that, HOAs are fine. At the same time – I don't like HOAs, and I just 
I'm building a new building HOA. But the reason I don't like HOAs, and I have the opposite mentality Michael has, is I don't want a fucking person to tell me I can't put my boat out front. You know, <laughs> I don't want a person to tell me, hey, you can't have your RV here. You can't have your boat here. Um, but you can definitely have that car on blocks. That's cool, too. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, for me, for me, though, my neighborhood is pretty clean. I, I live in Gilbert. It's not an HOA, but people take care of their homes, except for my one neighbor. Mm-hmm. But everybody else is good. I have one neighbor that's crap, but the city of Gilbert's been on their ass numerous times. Turns out the neighbor listens to the podcast. The, <laughs> fuck them. They can listen to my podcast all I want. There's like, I, I could care less. But what is important, though, is that it's up to you. You're the consumer. You're the customer. You're the one picking the house out. If you don't want to run the risk of like, you know, like what Michael's saying, I don't want to deal with it, then get an HOA. But if you're somebody that's like, you know what, I want land. I want an acre. I don't really care. Like, I'm going to have my own property. Then do what you do. Just know, like anything, there's risk. You know, there's risk. You could have a neighbor move in and paint their house pink, you know, with no HOA, but you also have all this room and you don't have to deal. So there's pros and cons to every decision you make. Absolutely. So I'll ask this question for both of you guys. Mike, I'll start with you, right? Which is you've been doing hard money lending for how long? Hard money, specifically about 12 years. And you've been involved in in real estate in that same amount of time? Oh, longer. Um, Like, I would say... 2001, 2002. Okay. okay. So right about the time I was going to the Army. Yeah, the, the interest in real estate is what led me to go into lending because, again, at that time, it was like you're either an agent or you're a lender, right? Mm-hmm. So I went into lending because math was always my strong subject. I That was my skill set, my love, whatever. Probably the only thing I did good in school. <laughs> so I went into that, and honestly, it was awesome that I did because – being able to understand numbers and finance when I'm looking at my own deals is awesome. It's like an accountant, right? Accountant knows how to do cost segregation and everything else on their deals. It's it's like a um, a crossed over skill set. Yeah. Um, so hard money specifically, like I said, I did lending. Then we went into loan mods. Then in about '09, I swore I was never getting back into lending, but went into hard money specifically. Okay. So I guess my my question to that point is. What's the most important thing you've learned being in that industry for the layman, for someone who's not in that industry, who didn't come up or who didn't enter the loan space and in the financial space in that way? So what's the most important thing in, in from like a real estate investor? Yeah. Or from a hard- yeah, just as a hard money lender. Like what's the most important thing that you've learned in that time? I mean, you've done it now for almost, you know, 20 years at this point, right? Most important thing. Um, mm, the best marketer wins. Mm. Not the best salesperson. The best marketer wins. Yep. So what have you done in the marketing space that has been, you know, unique and innovative to you? You know, I mean, we, we've got a big presence online. I've been in the space for a while, so I've got a lot of relationships that have been built. Um, credibility, uh, communication. I think that's like a lost. I'm obsessed with updating people, and I think they value it. Um, especially in, in loans, right? I mean, you've got a lot on the line and you're calling your lender and he's not getting back to you for four days. And I mean, you don't know what the hell's going on. Is it going through? Is it, or the, is the deal changing, but I've got this major purchase or this major refinance that carries so much weight. Um, so communication is a huge thing for me as well. Huge. Were you always a communicative always. partner? Okay. Always. That makes sense. Thorough, 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 because it's funny. Um, even I don't do my own loans, and I refuse to do my own loans because, believe, believe it or not, I've done tons of my own loans. I've done thousands of loans for people. But when it comes to your own loan, you're, I get nervous, right? I'm like, okay, okay. So it's easier for me to delegate that to somebody else and to pay them um, their fee as well. So um, I appreciate when they're communicative as well because I've seen when they're not as well. Right, absolutely. Justin, what about you? You've been doing it. Since what, 07, 05-ish, 07? Well, I, got my, I got my real estate license at the end of 2005. So I didn't, I, I grew up in San Diego, so I didn't come out here till like 05, end of 05. Okay. So I got my license in 05, and then, yeah, I was an agent for about three years and became a broker and then started a brokerage and did all that. But um, I would just say that, like, for, like he was said, for loans, I mean, I'm not a loan officer. I went and took the test and passed, but I didn't really want to do it. Right. But um, it's mainly because, it's boring to me. I don't have, I don't have, I'm the kind of personality, I have to be doing shit all day. 
I can't be sitting in front of a computer all day. I'll go fucking nuts. When I, when I fill out all these forms for the lenders and, like, and I email them all this shit, at this point, I don't do it no more. I just give them my file. I go, here's my file, John. Fuck it. Out of here. Get, get my loan done. Get my loan done. And then he goes, we need a bank statement for July. Here you go. Here, here you go, John. Oh, we're going to need a lease. Giselle, can you get the lease yep. for me? Uh, you know, like I don't want to fucking deal with it. Yeah. Um, the the thing is, the truth is, like once you're at a level where you know what you need to get the loan, you know everything. You just you have a loan officer you like, they can usually get everything done. Yeah. They already know your credit score. They already have your credit report. They already have your tax returns. They already have your income. They already have everything. So being self employed, I don't have to give them a W two. I just give them here's two years tax returns. You know, here's all my stuff. But. It does make it nice to work with one person that knows you because if you try to call three, four, five, ten different people, it's way more work. Mm. So I try to not do it unless it's like a killer deal. Like for my custom home, I went through a credit union because it was just a way better rate. It was like a point less. That's a big deal. And a point on the loan less. But if it's just a regular refi, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? It's just it doesn't make sense. So I agree with Mike. It's like have have another person help you out. The other thing is like. If you're so busy with other shit, you forget shit. You might be like, oh, shit, forgot this document. And then you realize, oh, shit, that's just delayed the loan. Um, so I, I like to have loan officers involved. But at the same time, like, any everybody drops the ball. Like, right now, it's so busy. Like, I've had situations where they drop the ball. And I've had to, like, pick up the ball and be like, hey, here's everything you needed. Yeah. Uh, you didn't call me. You didn't get the form for two weeks. What's up? Right. Well, I thought you'd do it, you know? Like, so it can go both ways. But at the end of the day... Like, Michael's right. He focuses on his hard money business. That's his business, right? And then every now and then deals are going to fall through. He does his flips. But everybody in real estate, real estate's a big company. I mean, there's there's builders, there's developers. Like, pretty much everything, think about it, everything in this earth is construction. Everything. Yeah. Everything. So there's real estate goes in so many – the government builds buildings and mm-hmm. pays contractors to build yeah. them. And, and so – there's so many – what's beautiful about real estate is he does a complete different thing than I do, mm-hmm. and he makes millions of dollars doing it, and I do a completely different thing, and I make millions of dollars doing it. And every there's so many niches. So what's beautiful about this business is there's so many different things you can do. Well, I think that's what I was going to actually ask too is with your position in the field and your position in the field, how do you guys work together? What's a way that you guys both win? You know, you say, okay – I'm doing well, he's doing well, but what's the way you guys don't step on each other's toes? So to this point, we've done a couple wholesale deals that I found that I wholesaled over to him. Um, so that's one way. Um, and I think synergy is a big thing. Um, you know, like attracts like, right? I mean, birds of a feather. Agreed. It's synergy. Yeah. And it always will be. Well, also, I think the other thing is like, I'm not, if he wins, I'm like, oh, that's fucking cool. Good right. job, bro. Like, and if I win, he's like, yeah, good for you. Like, Having people in your life that that support you, because it's really difficult. Believe it or not, it's kind of hard to find people that actually support you. Right. When you when you're bragging, I guess they could say, or you're succeeding. There's a lot of people that talk shit or yeah. or or don't care. Like, oh, okay. I think it, it has a lot to do with the fact that people feel like, well, I don't have anything to contribute to this particular situation, <laughs> so I'm just going to listen to this dude brag about himself, right? Well, that's so hope. That's, yeah. I I, well, and, and I would look at that person and I would say, well, don't you want to be in a position that he's in or she's in, right? Don't you want to have those type of options? And if you don't, then you can't really be mad at yourself for not well, the pursuing way, the way, those The way things. I look at it, I'll tell you. So I remember when I was in lending, I, I had a couple different brokerages before I went independent. And even when I did go, and I remember the one thing was, and to this day, this is – this is a big goal. This is like the real golden rule for me. Don't take advice from somebody in a category that isn't doing the same or better than you. I'm not going to take relationship advice from some dude who's been divorced five times. I'm not going to take financial advice from someone who's broke. And believe me, the broke people always have their opinion on your financial choices. Interesting. Always. And I'm not going to take fitness advice from someone who's not in better shape than me. Okay. Yeah. And so the reason I say that is I remember when I was in first getting started, it was about money, right? That's what, You didn't get in this business because it was fun. You just knew the guy around you next to you was making tons of money, and I wanted to do that, right? And I believed I could do it or better because I had the confidence and the belief. So the reason I say that is to say this. I remember walking into every one of those offices. Every time I even went and spoke to a different broker, maybe I didn't wind up going with them, and even the ones I did. And I would say, look, I'm here to make money, Right. What is your low guy making? What is your mid guy making? And what is your top guy making? Mm-hmm. If the top guy wasn't making what I thought was inspirational or, you know, X, 
then I wasn't going to go there because I have to go in there and assume that I'm probably, I want to be the best. I know I'm going to be the best, but I have to assume that maybe I might not be for a while. So what's my, what's my trajectory? Right. Am I going to, am I going to be the only guy making money? Cause what's the point, right? right? Then probably unlikely that I'm going to make the type of money I want. If everyone else is doing this, it says a lot about your company, right? Yeah. So synergy is a big thing. If you're around people who are making money, especially in your same industry, it's going to reflect. But you're looking at someone in that industry who is where you want to be. Yes. Right? And that's you should. where a lot of people where he's talking about where if you're talking about your successes and your wins, people think that you're just bragging for, for you know, and, and those people, I understand you're not really worried about those people. But my question to you is for the person who is 18, 20, 25 years old, even 30 years old, right? Whatever age you are, it doesn't matter. Sure. And they want to be where you are. What's the lesson, what's the thing that you would tell them to avoid some of the hardships that you had first starting out? Like if they wanted, if I wanted to just say, okay, I'm going to start being a hard money lender, I'm going to start in this particular industry. What would what advice would you give them early sure. on as a white Well, guy? I guess the first thing I would say to you, the thing about the bragging, because there are, there are a lot of, you see it in our industry with the guys, this is my check I made on this last deal. And, and you know, what I'm and the funny thing is, they don't even talk about how much they actually put down. Like you can go pay uh, 300 grand for a house and put a hundred grand down. Now you owe 200. If you sold the house for 320, you made 20 grand, but you got 120 grand back. Right? So here's my check for 120, but you made 20. Mm. My point is there's a lot of guys that are braggers. And if, if it's a real, like if you're being genuine, you earned it. So if somebody's pissed off that you're bragging, they're just jealous. I'm, I'm not, a big showy person, probably the least I've ever been. Mm. And I like it because I kind of believe a little bit more in what I call quiet confidence a little bit, but it still comes out every once in a while. So that's the first thing I want to say. The second thing, somebody who's 18 or 20, um, I, I guess the way I did it, I was obsessed. I was obsessed with this, but I'm still just as obsessed, just on a different level. Mm. If you, I'm obsessed, be obsessed. There's nothing wrong with, you know, this thing about balance. Like I have this theory that you can be more balanced, but you can never be balanced. Right? So if this is what you want, be obsessed over it, be relentless, read books. I mean, I remember when I was all, even in high school, I was in MLMs and stuff. I wanted to be successful so bad. I remember kids were out partying and stuff. I'd be at home on Fridays and Saturday nights, reading books about network marketing and like you know, how to sponsor more people and all that. I was obsessed. That's what I wanted. Yeah. So, so be so, obsessed. So he brings up a good point. So like <laughs> what he's saying, you know, when I started trustee sales, I was getting up at three in the morning, driving a hundred houses before 10 a.m. And people are like, how the fuck did you drive a hundred houses before 10 a.m.? Good point. I drove 15 an hour. Well, how did you know what they were good or what was bad? I wasn't looking if they're good or bad. I drove up, made sure it wasn't burned down. These homes were 50 grand that were normally were 300. I didn't fucking think of any risk. Even if they're trash on the inside. And guess what? Out of 150 homes I bought, only one I fucking lost money on. Because I said, I'm going to buy them. I'm going to bid on them. So getting up at 3 in the morning now, probably hard for me. Not going to do it now. But I did it in my 20s. I did it for five years in a row. I made a shitload of money. But the thing is, like, what he says is be obsessed. I was obsessed. Fucking Sundays. You know what I was doing on Sundays? Everybody else is partying and just relaxing. I was driving fucking houses. Right. And then I was bidding on them and winning them because all the other motherfuckers were drinking and getting fucked up. And then guess what? And the other one was back in the day, there was trustee sales that would like pop up at the last minute. They'd come up with a new address. I'd buy that motherfucker. I'd, you know, I'd call my drivers. I had three drivers too that ended up starting working for me. After I made my first million, I had all these guys drive, drive for me. Well, I had these guys driving for me, right? And the guy goes, I go, hey, boss. I go, I go, hey, I'll give you a hundred bucks if I buy this house. You go drive it right now. I know it's fucking eleven o'clock. It's coming up in ten minutes. And I tell the auctioneer guy, hey, give me like ten minutes, and I'll fucking buy that fucking thing. So what did he do? He put it on the back of the list, and he goes, okay, I'll auction it off in like ten minutes. Nobody was on it. Nobody knew about it. It was last minute, right? Mm. But there's always going to be an asshole who bids against me. Oh, but yeah. I knew. But I knew that if I saw it, I could beat him. My guy drives it. He goes. This thing's fucking perfect, bro. Like, it's four bed. I remember exactly what it was. Like, four bed, two and a half bath. He got in. He goes, he goes, there's clothes in here. It kind of stinks, but what's it opening at? I go, it's opening at 105. He goes, neighbor down the street just sold this for 275. Get it. So I go, all right, but all right, all right. my name is Mark. I go, all right, Mark, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it down. So the auction comes up, and this asshole, I'm sure everybody knows who Doug Hopkins is, his bidding, Postal Properties comes up. He starts bidding on it. Plus a buck, because that's how you started off. Plus a buck. That's the that's the game. If you're in the game, you understand what that is. Okay. And then I go, 
five thousand. And he goes, he looks at me again. He goes, the fuck are you? What the fuck are you doing? I go, I'm gonna buy this fucking property. That's called confidence, right? He he goes he goes, and so this is guy. He kept going. He goes hundred. This is the people you hate. Hundred, hundred. You know they keep going hundreds instead of thousands, right? To go to basically to piss you off so you just get out. You're like fuck it. That was the mindset. So I said no, nah, fuck that. One twenty five. He goes, fuck are you? What, what the fuck are you doing? I go one thirty. He, he goes, you're bidding against yourself. I go one thirty five. He goes, you just I, I'm out. I'm out. I go, you're out. Get the fuck out. Fuck you. I don't want to. I'm not playing, Doug. Like I'm taking this fucking deal down. Buy it for one thirty five. The day that I bought it, you know, the way trustee sales work, you pay the next day, right? So in Arizona, our state, you put ten thousand dollar cashier's check, you pay the next day. I go the next day. Of course, I borrowed hard money loan. They're like, yeah, that's worth two seventy five. I'll give you guys. I'll give you the full one hundred thirty five. I go done. I go to that property. I call my guys up, and at that time, you could just get a crew like that because everybody was pretty much out of work. A lot of the contractors were out of work. Got the house done for twenty five grand. Put it on the market, sold it for three oh five. Okay, everybody told me you're fucking crazy. Why are you waiting for the fucking you know that juicy one hundred seventy five thousand dollars spread? You could just buy these houses for fifty grand, and make fifty grand. Everybody's making fifty to hundred grand back then. I was like, no, I'm gonna take this one seventy five. It didn't need any any type of renovation cost. Just like carpet, that? paint, flooring. Basic. You know, just basic. That's why it was about twenty grand. But back then, remodels were way cheaper. I mean, now they're way more money because there's more demand, right? Supply and demand again. It comes down to reality, but. This is the reality, though. I was bidding on properties every fucking day, and there was still deals that would fall through the cracks that weren't on your list, that weren't on the trustee sales list, because there was thousands of properties a day, so they would get lost. And so you, if you were smart and you watched, you could, you could make a million in a day. At that time, if I had the money I had today, back then, I would have probably not even been working anymore. It was that fucking lucrative, okay? Mm. So when I see these guys working now, I'm like, well, what happened? Well, yeah, I lost my ass. What did I do? I fucking invested in the wrong people. Mm. So I went from having a lot to losing a lot. I had to learn a lot through those struggles. But point is, I still have the skill and the knowledge. And once you have the skill and the knowledge, when there's another recession, that's when we clean up. Right. You know what I mean? So, and the guys like Michael, I'd be like, hey, Michael, I'll go to the auction. I know exactly how to fucking make money. Michael's like, well, I got fucking 20 million. Go fucking get the deals. You go do all the work. I'll fucking make money. Right. And so when you have that mentality and you know the right people, you're able to fucking kill it at another level that, that no one else can. And the thing that I will share that why Michael, you know, Michael has a contact. Michael went out and he, he doesn't say it, but he raised all this money. Like a lot of the capital he loans out, he raised. And that took him balls to go talk to rich guys with money and tell them what he does. And then Michael makes money with them. But what's smart about that is most people don't have the balls to ask somebody for a million dollars. Most people don't have the balls to ask somebody for 50 grand. Right. And, and most of the people think it's fucking, oh, you're being a dick. No, fuck you. What he did was what I did. I talked to rich guys. I said, hey, I had an opportunity. I don't have all the money, but I have an opportunity. You want to make money? Rich guys, most rich guys, I'm going to tell you right now, this is what they like to do. Golf, travel, tennis, fuck their wives, you know, like have more time. Yeah. Maybe they're sugar babies. I don't know. But they want freedom. They don't want to be working for it. Right. Okay? So how easy is it to walk up to me like, hey, I'll pay you this much interest. I'll get you these loans. I'm going to make my fees. You're going to get interest. You don't have to do shit. It's better than being in the bank. It's better than being in the stock market because it's guaranteed. This shit's guaranteed. These guys are going to pay the payment. If they don't, I'm going to flip it, still pay you. I'm going to back you because Michael backs them and takes care of them either way because they don't want to lose the bridge. That's just a beautiful way to make money. But see, a lot of people don't have the balls that Michael has. Michael has balls to take on that risk because he's like, hey, I know I'm good. But a lot of people are like, oh, my God, if I get a million dollars, what do I do with it? Right. That's the well, difference. And I think, and I think that's a, such a great point to make as we transition towards the end of this, as we get into, like, if you can't ask someone for 50 grand or if you can't manage, you know, $5,000, you're not going to be able to manage 500 or 50 million. Like, it doesn't work like that. I, I, I've never thought that you get into money management or discipline once you have something. I've always felt No way. Like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Because <laughs> we'd be like, hey, how come you're not, you know – you're making X amount of dollars a year, 40, 50 grand, whatever the hell you're making, and you can't even save $200 a month. And they're like, well, if I won the lottery and I won $2 million, I would save a million of it. <laughs> How can you save a million when you, you haven't even saved 200 Well, they think because I have more, right, that, awesome. that I'm not going to spend more. They yeah. don't understand that they're probably going – it's their habits, right? Right. Discipline well, uh, yeah. is discipline across the board. Yeah, like he's 100% right. There's there's people I know that make 120 grand a year and don't have shit. Or the guys who make 250 grand and are in debt. It's not about how much you make, it's about how you invest wisely cuz even grading, you told me what you make and you don't spend even what you make. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like crazy with what you make and what you spend. Like you you're cheap. 
You know, and it's only wrong. <laughs> very <laughs> no, for sure. I'm yeah. a very, I'm a very like I don't. So need you would a lot be, of, you would be a great flipper yeah. because you're cheap. You're like, all right, no, I'm not gonna spend the money. I'm gonna go do this. But you have to be smart about how you're doing it. But the what you got, like the focus, and Michael's right, is like stop going to fucking Starbucks. You know, that's a simple <laughs> one. You know what I mean? Um, if you don't have the money, don't go. If you got money, fuck it. Right. You know, if you if you don't get your nails done every fucking two weeks, wait two months. Do them yourself. Right. There's certain things you can do to save money. And for men, it right. could be, hey, stop blowing money on chicks. Yeah. Stop going on <laughs> dates and buying them uh, food. If you don't got, this is my opinion. Uh, you know, if you got, if you can go drop three hundred dollars at Ocean's Club on you and your girl, and you can afford that, go ahead and do it. Right. But if you're fucking trying to build a business and have money and get to that level, that's a stupid investment. I don't care how hot the chick is. Go fucking. This is one thing I'll tell you. Hot women love men that are confident and can fucking take care of them. For sure. They don't want a fucking dude that's like, oh, you want cheese? Oh, shit. I don't got 50 cents. I, I, <laughs> I'll tell her she ain't worth cheese. So, you know, that's just me, you know. But, oh, you want a Dr. Pepper? Get a water cup. Nah, Here you go, nah, girl. Here's Here some Kool-Aid for your ass. You know, but that's the mentality, though. Or you can just say, hey, you want some water? Great. <laughs> Grab some on your way out. <laughs> but, yeah, like, ultimately, that's the thing is, like, and that is a vice. If you're a guy, a single guy, and you want a chick, and, you know, and maybe that chick is out of your league, you're not, you know, I'm not necessarily best looking. And I wouldn't say um, most guys have money that are good looking. Most of the guys have money are not probably average, if that. But they'll have a banging wife because, let's be honest here, Having money is not really necessarily only reason they're with them, yeah. but the confidence that that guy has overpowers that broke guy. I'm not even knocking that. Like it's the, the confidence. People, yeah, people will say like, "Oh, she's only with him for the money." I'm not even tripping. You still gotta. That. You still gotta it's, do other things, especially if it's over um, a longer period of time. Yeah. That still has to work. Yeah. Right? right. Like you, you see something that's a two, three, four year relationship, and you look at it. The optics say, "Oh, well, she's with him because of the money." You're like, "Well." Will she be with him for four, five, hey, hey, hey. six? When have you ever heard? When have you ever heard a group of girls say, "Hey, look at that broke guy over there"? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, they for don't. sure. No, absolutely. I mean, if you roll up in a nice car, you know, nice ride, right? And you have com- you smell good, you're dressed nice, you're you're confident, you talk well, you're gonna have a lot better chance with a woman than you are if you're like, uh, hello, hello, uh, <laughs> you know, like it's just, and the confidence comes from being successful, like. Let's be honest. If you're a famous person, like you're The Rock, okay, The Rock doesn't have to hit on girls. No. They're just they're just there. And if he walks somewhere, they're gonna talk to him and, and they're gonna. I, I, approach I, I him. still think this is a, a bad example because The Rock hit the genetic lottery. So let's take someone like uh, let's say Kevin Hart, right? Who <laughs> I'm not knocking Kevin Hart because I want Kevin Hart to come on the show and everything. But it's like, listen, if you're Kevin Hart and you're what five three, five four, yeah. whatever he yeah, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? I'm sure he didn't have the greatest success with women before he blew up, but what did he do? He obviously developed his success, he developed his confidence, he developed his humor, and all of a sudden now, dude, I'm sure has a lot of access. This is a perfect like- example. There's a lot. There's a lot of famous people though that like before they got money. If you see their wives before they had money, were like pretty bad, and then you see with money the wives are like uh, upgrade. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's not just the money though and i don't think it's just that it's again the confidence you get from being successful yeah. because you can have all the money in the world you can inherit money it's not going to be the same the same confidence i know a lot of guys who come from trust funds they don't have confidence so why do you, i'm sorry and you think that's directly related to the fact that the confidence isn't tied to their success they're actually being successful it's earned own merit it's right? earned yeah you right. have to earn it you know like that's, that's look at all these famous people that have kids and their kids don't do shit you know what i mean they, they're billionaires and the kids don't do anything with their money and then the kids who do make, you know, success, obviously. But it's very proven that your confidence and where you get your your that's why a lot of people now, like I know a lot of I don't know if you know this, but the James Bond guy, um, Daniel Craig, Daniel Craig, he's not gonna give his kids an inheritance. I've heard that. Yeah, I was gonna ask you guys about because that. there's of, a lot of guys that aren't Bill yeah, Gates. Yeah. Yeah. They don't wanna do that. But I'm not saying it's good or bad or whatever, it's your choice. But ultimately there is a fine line. Like there's a fine line because you want your kid to enjoy life and live their life, but I'm more of like, hey, you're good either way. Like here, I want to. I know a lot of people that just buy their their kid a house. They pay the house. It's in a trust. Whatever. There's a way to do that. But I just think there's a fine line between giving your kid everything, and then you could earn some of it. Yeah. I like the idea of my daughter earning it. Yeah. You know, but also knowing that she's still okay. But I don't want her to think she doesn't have to do anything because I also think they're. What I think makes Michael a strong individual and me a strong individual is we started out and we built something right. And when you can, if you if Let's put it this way. My dad would have gave me $100 million, okay? 
would I be the person I am today? No fucking way. No way. I wouldn't know what it's like to get up at 3 in the morning and drive houses. I wouldn't know what it's like to bust my ass. I wouldn't know what it's like to get hurt. I wouldn't know what it's like to lose everything. I wouldn't know what it's like for many things. So I used to be resentful and be like, well, I have all these friends. I grew up in San Diego with all these millionaires, trust fund babies, and I didn't have that. Well, what did it make me? Those people I know now, they don't have shit. Damn. I mean, they just have – that's it. They just got their money. They don't, they don't have anything they succeeded at. Yeah. So I think there's a fine line. I think you have to be – yes, I want to take care of my kids. Yes, I want my kids to have something, but I also don't want my kids to think that they don't have to do anything with their lives because it's going to make them feel unfulfilled. And then if you're in a relationship and you see this a lot, you see a lot of women that come from trust fund money and they never worked and never earned a dime. Do you really want that woman or do you want a woman that has something to bring? Mm. And I feel like I want to raise my daughter in a way that she can bring something to the table. Not, I'm not saying she has to go work and bust her ass at McDonald's. That's not what I want her to do. Yeah. But if she could work and build something, like be able to buy a company – buy a restaurant, buy something and own it and build it is going to be more fulfilling for her than like the best thing I can see my daughter now. She, she comes home and she, she tells me, daddy, look, I wrote a letter. I wrote a, I wrote a word, you know, they're proud there. I don't want my daughter to ever be like, I'm not proud with what I do. I feel like you need to have your kids be proud. So I don't want my kid to be a spoiled, rich piece of shit person. I want her to be a person that loves God loves people, wants to help people, but also wants to work for her success, but also knows her dad has her covered. Right. So if something happens to her, she's got the, the house still. She's not going to be on the street. She's not going to be homeless. she got the safety net. Exactly. Yeah. But I don't want her to not want to do anything because I feel like that's an empty life. And that's what I feel like is very important. And that's the same thing in like relationships. You know, if you're with a woman that has her thing like she makes her decision like i want to be home with the kids that's her decision but telling a woman to be home with the kids and she doesn't want to be home with the kids is going to ruin your relationship you got to have you got to have a woman that's on the same mindset as you so if you go find that girl you're a millionaire you'll find that girl and this happens a lot she wants to be successful like you she wants to be kevin hart she Mm. wants to be on the tv or you find the woman that's like you know what i'm good for you good for you baby like my girl's like hey good for you i don't want to do this Mm -hmm. I'm going to take care of the kids. I want to be a family person. I want to go help this. I want to do this. I want to take care of animals. Whatever it is, do what you're passionate about. Because if you don't do what you're passionate about, like if Michael didn't do what he liked, he'd be depressed. If I didn't do what I liked, I'd be depressed. If I was sitting at home, I'll tell you right now, if I, went, if I worked at McDonald's and someone walked up to me and was like, man, you didn't put nuts on my fucking ice cream cone. Okay? <laughs> now, I'm going to tell you, I've seen the people do this shit. Okay? I don't go to McDonald's a lot, but I have seen it. Okay? Okay. This is my <laughs> response to them. Did you fucking ask for nuts? You know what I mean? I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm sorry, sir. Let me go get some nuts. I could never be that person. I will never be that person. Customer service, you call them up. An Indian guy goes, hello, this is Akbar with the Verizon. How can I help you? (coughs) Fuck you, Akbar. I never want to do that job. Akbar probably gets told to go fuck himself. Their phones don't work all the time. All the time. So at the end of the day, what is it that really drives us? Is to give, is to do what we love. The money comes. Well, it's hard, hard to think that it's hard to think that because when you're young they you were always told that do in my case it was do what you're good at and then love it um and the money will come it's hard to believe that when you're young but it's true so what are your thoughts on bequeathing your children with is that the word right <laughs> bequeath is that the word is that is that is that not the word what's the word um <laughs> is, is that not the word it, i know you're thinking of what we, what, I know what you mean. Yeah, I know what you what's mean. What's the word? Um, to pass on to what? I don't even know. Inheritance? What that is is that what that is? Yeah. I legacy. Know. Legacy. So if you're giving your child, your your daughter, let's say $30 million, you think that's a good thing? For- I mean, I'm not going to turn it to the, to the state <laughs> like uh, some yeah. of these other guys. So, yeah. For sure. Or donate to charities or like. Oh, sure. Like, I feel like, I feel like if you invest $5 million wisely, it's going to pay plenty of money to the right per- to your kid. But I think um, he's got a good point. Fuck the government having your money. The government should never have your money. Any money you have should not go to them. They make plenty of money on everything else. Do not give it to the government. They're not good doing good on it. Fuck the government when it comes to that. Right. You own your money. It's your family. You worked your ass off for it. Get a trust. Get something done. Get a will. Don't don't F yourself on that. But that's a good point um, is it's the decision of your like you, what you want to do with it. I feel like people who do that, though, who say, I'm just going to give it away or this or that, the reality is, like, there's so many billionaires that are in the world that donate to charities, right, and give away hundreds of millions of dollars, billions of dollars. I think um, Amazon's wife, Bezos' wife, when they divorced, gave, like, $10 billion to yeah. charity. Yeah. There's plenty of people already doing that. 
you know, what I think is better. I said I, I don't really like charities, to be honest. I'd rather help a local organization, like a smaller organization that that actually like, for instance, kids who don't have homes and food. I'd rather go help them than help this organization has got $10 million and they're just like, oh, well, we're going to go spend it wisely. No, you know, most of these, these nonprofits are profitable. Yeah. And that's another front end. It's just yeah. nonprofit. It's like a front. And so actually, in fact, that's like something I've been told like, hey, why don't you have a nonprofit? I'm like, I'm not going to defraud and lie and, and pay myself $50 million. And then they got, I got $3 billion. I'm going to go pay myself 500 million and go, oh, the rest is nonprofit. It's BS. There's also a lot of churches that do that too. And I'm not going to condone or disagree or not, but I do believe everybody owes their equal share to help the community, but the money needs to be go somewhere wisely. And I think it's always good to research where that money's going to go and what's going to go on with it. Because you might, my, oh, I, I made $60 billion and I'm giving $6 billion in charity. That's just a write-off. Mm. You know what I mean? And, so you don't and, have to get taxed for it. Yeah. It, it's, sometimes it's just, a, it's just an incentive. But, yeah, I don't necessarily agree or disagree. I think you do what you want to do. But I think it's a smarter move to help a local organization like I've seen where they actually put food in people's kids' lunches, where they actually take care of kids, where they actually give them a home, where they actually help them. That to me is worth more than let's just hand money to charity because what does the charity need with $6 billion? Right. I and mean, especially if you don't have uh, some sort of uh, records to know where that money is right. going. That's my biggest thing. Oh, yeah. Just, just giving money away to, let's say, Red Cross, but not knowing how that money's being used, I always thought was kind of Dude, look at the look at the salaries of CEOs for like Goodwill. Goodwill's a profitable company. It's not. Oh, they get bread. They look, get, look it up. Is it crazy? I'm mean, yeah, yeah, Thirty million dollar CEO. That's not fucking. <laughs> oh yeah, that's breaded. Oh, dude, yeah. you're not. You're not like. You're not helping anybody with that. Like you know. So I just think that it's. Um, I think there's a fine line. Like I do believe money's great and it's a great tool and we can help other people with it. But at the same time, like it's like at what number? Like how much does a person really need? Like Michael told me this too when we had dinner together. Our family, he's like, "How much do you really need, Justin? Like, ten million should be enough." And these people are worth billions of dollars. You got to ask yourself, like, what is it really their desire? It's just to make, like you said, it's a, you know their mindset. They're just desiring to grow, but there's got to be like a root. I'm sure these billionaires have a root, like what they want to do. Maybe it is control. Maybe they want to control the people. You know, that could be a one, right? Maybe they do have an Illuminati and they're out doing secret things. They're wearing masks, like shaped like a, pe- a sheep head. You know, <laughs> walk around humming. Blah, blah, blah. You know, I don't know sacrificing a woman i don't know but it's it's there's this weird shit that goes on we know this we know this weird shit that goes on but ultimately there's got to be a, a, a why and his why is his family his kids like to su- succeed to right. have that success um but a lot of people's why is never going to get them rich so if you say like well my, so for instance i meet a lot of people that are poor that are like i want to help people well you gotta go make some fucking money first because mm. you yeah. can't help poor people Without money. Like, you could go donate your time in a soup kitchen. You could go give clothes. But to ultimately really change lives, and then there's a guy who did it on Facebook. He talked about it, some older guy. He's like 80. He's like, you got to go make some fucking money. You want to save the world? Go make some money. Right? <laughs> so that's the mentality. Like, if you want to help people in Africa or you want to go to the Middle East and help, financially help, you know? Um, and ultimately, like, it shouldn't always – this is what I always think is funny. I talked to you earlier about the Afghanistan issue. I know we're all, we're all talking about it. Yeah. Um, he came in the office and was like, I'm so upset. I want to yeah. go fight yeah. over there. Yeah. And I, I said, your government doesn't say, give yeah. a shit about you. They yeah. don't care. They don't want to help you. They leave all these tanks and everything. I said, look at what they're doing. I said, you know what's funny? Why doesn't one time – this is just my opinion. Why doesn't one time the fucking England, who was the British Empire, was huge as fuck, why don't they jump in and help? Why doesn't Australia jump in and help? Why doesn't Japan jump? Why is it that we always, or the U.S., have to jump in on every situation, every time, and then we fuck it up most of the time, and then we're going back to clean it up? It's like, dude, I'll tell you right now, if I flipped the house and I had to demo that house five fucking times because everybody kept fucking it up, I should never be able to do that again. Mm. Why don't they do that with the government? Hey, you keep botching up all this fucking shit. You don't cover it no more. Let somebody who actually will handle it, handle it. Mm. That's where like the thing is where I think Joe Rogan was talking about that too. He was talking about like, why are we having still a president and a vice president in a society that 300 years ago, it's still doing today. It doesn't make sense. Obviously it's not working. It's not working. Yeah. So there's just there's a lot in my opinion. Like I know we don't run off too no, much. No, for sure. I just want it to be brought up because it bothered you. Yeah. And I think it should it bo- should bother us where our money goes. That's well, just you know. I that's think the- yeah. I think the frustration, and I know we're 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 getting ready to get on out of here, but I, I think the frustration for me comes with just the imagery of seeing people who obviously don't want to be in that situation, based on the policy of the United States, 
being essentially abandoned to that situation. Now, I know if you want to argue semantics about what it means to be abandoned or not allowed to go to the airport and all that type of stuff, but the optics of it just look so poor for the United States. And what, as a combat veteran, I'm upset about is not being able to act because I am an actor and I want to be able to take action. And if I'm not able to do that, as, as a combat veteran, I feel powerless. I feel, you know, angry. And so that's where that comes from. But I do agree with you, Justin. I don't think the government, this particular government, give a shit about people who feel like me. So ultimately, do, would I want to put my life on the line for that government? Probably not. I just think that I just think that there's more. This is what I see. Yeah, I see more now. Like we're, we're we have media now that's everywhere, right? We can see the media. We can look at what's going on. Mm-hmm. And media is not always accurate, right? There's there's definitely stuff going on there. We don't know all of it. We're not on the ground, so we can't. We have to believe the media has some lies going on. But at the end of the day, I brought up a good point too. I'm like, under Trump, when did this happen? Like when Trump was running shit, where was there was no ISIS anymore? He killed them all. What, where was the Taliban? They didn't exist for four years. And all of a sudden, Biden goes in, who's, who obviously is, has connections with China, which we all know. And then out of nowhere, like, and I'm just bringing this up because I'm a real estate investor. I'm not a politician. And I'm not trying to run for office. And I'm not trying to give that. But I want people to know that I give a shit about our, the way our world is going. What's going on in our world affects our kids. And I have kids. And do I want my kids to be overseas? And the government goes, eh, whatever. And then they get killed. And they get blown up because our government didn't give two shits. So I think there should be, in my opinion, another group of people controlling what our military does, not just, oh, the president makes all the decisions. I think there should be other parties involved to say, you know what, Mr. Biden, I respectfully don't agree with you. We're going to go get our equipment back. We're not going to leave all this stuff for the Taliban. You can pull out the country. That's fine. We'll pull out of the country, but we're going to take all of our stuff with us. Who the fuck has ever... Ever, I don't know anybody who would leave trillions of dollars of our stuff, our government's money, like our stuff over there for the for random people to take. Yeah. Like they don't even I'll tell you this story real quick before I know we're gonna end. I went to an event on Tuesday. I met a lady, and I'm not gonna name her name because she's gonna she's uh, remains nameless. Her dad was worth a hundred million dollars in nineteen eighty. Our government, this is the fact, he was doing stuff with gold. Back then you could do gold mining and you could put money into a trust and you could hide it from the government and the government legally let you do it basically it was a way to like put money in and go to these oil dig out mining places instead of giving it to the government this is real shit happened in the 80s 70s 80s this her dad had a hundred million dollars invested for all these different people okay the government came and took all of it they said hey give us all your hundred million dollars because now we rule this illegal now we rule what you're doing illegal so we're going to take all your shit and if you don't give us your hundred million dollars and all your oil you're going to prison for 20 years so guess what? They put him in prison for twenty years. Took all his money too. Oh, so if see, you, if, I'm not. See, I'm the type this of person is real that says, "Do I get to keep my money?" Because I'm going to prison for twenty years if I keep all the money. No, they, he, they, took, they, found, they took all his money. He just didn't sell out the people who gave it to him. So he, they didn't get sold. He, he's didn't. He kept them quiet, like who gave him the money in these shelters. But tax shelters were legal, and then they became illegal. This is my opinion. The government does things. Okay, people are making money, making money, and then our government changes shit. And this is, in my opinion, manipulation. And this is what we do with currency. That's why Bitcoin became big. Right. Because people are like, hey, you're manipulating our currency. You, what did the government do in 2020? They pumped 40% of the population of money into the economy. 40%. They printed 40% more money. That made all of our money drop by 40%. Let's be fucking real. Okay? So I want to be clear with the audience that all of the stuff that we're doing, like, I want people to know, yeah, go out, make money, make money. But this is the truth. The government can change something, go, hey, you know what? Rates are going to be 6% now. It's going to crash our real estate market. The government can come in and say, hey, you know what? We want to do this now. We're going to change this. They're going to do this. So there's always fucking risk. And what I want people to know is no matter what goes on, the banks can say, hey, we're going to call all these loans to do. Remember COVID? Mm-hmm. Remember what happened with COVID? They pushed all the money to the back end. They said, oh, we're just going to push your mortgage out. Yeah. We should cover that real quick. How many people are pushing their mortgages out? And are potentially going to lose their house. Well, I was going to say that, like with the government's, let's say, moratorium on evictions and, mm-hmm. and I think foreclosures are a part of that, right? Isn't that? The government has no right to do that, too. So that's another thing. The constitutional right of the government to jump into landlords and tell people they can do it is illegal. Mm. What they did was illegal. What they should have done, you print all that fucking money, pay the landlords. Right. That's what should have happened. <laughs> pay the fucking landlords the people's rent. Yeah. Instead of giving the people the money. And you know what they did with the seven? You know what most people did with seven to ten grand? Bought an iPhone. Bought an iPhone, went out and fucking, you know what they did? Bought a car. I know people bought cars. They didn't even spend it on food. The government gave money out to people, and 99% of the people didn't spend on good things. Yes, there's that 1% of people who did go buy it, but they didn't. Oh, and by the way, now, how hard is it to find a job? Oh, there's plenty of jobs. No one wants to fucking work. Why? Government handouts. 
Don't have to pay the mortgage. Don't have to pay bills. Well, guess what you do? What did, what do we do with prohibition? What do we do? The government did with alcohol in the 20s, right? They got rid of it. You couldn't have alcohol. What happened? Um, the mafia, the Jewish mafia, the Russian mafia, all these mafias made all this money. And what did the government do? Oh, shit. We better make it legal again so we could tax it. Right. Okay? Yeah. So this is the thing that we have. We have a government that sees people making money and then fucks with it. And then CC will make money and then fucks with it. And then CC will make money and fucks with Story it. Of cryptocurrency. So be smart with where you borrow your money yeah. and be smart with how you do deals. Because it's only a matter of time till they change the game. They did it with Frank Dodd Act. Oh, you can't. They thought, oh, this is going to save people's asses. It didn't. It made it harder to get loans. Made it harder to do deals. There, everything the government does is not for your benefit. Like the whole, you have to get a vaccine, not get a vaccine. Okay, cool. My opinion is do whatever you want to do. But the fact that you have to tell somebody, hey, I'm going to fire you from your job here because you won't get a vaccine. To me, that's against the Constitution. That's communism. Okay. Here's another thing. What about? Limiting how many babies somebody has. China did it. Yeah. What if the government does it? What are you going to do then? Oh, you can only have 2.5 kids. Okay, this is where it's going, guys. This is the path that we're going on. And I think it's very – I think this podcast, again, is going to be up. Mm-hmm. And people need to really think, is this the way you want to see your kids live? How about this one? You can't buy a car. We, don't, we only want to have Chevys now. We only want to have GMCs. Oh, you don't think that can exist? They did it in another country. Oh, Here's another one. Let's just limit our rights over. Like, this is the truth, okay? I have family medical field, okay? They all tell me they don't want to get a vaccine. Guess what they're telling them? Well, you're going to get fired, okay? Okay, when does it stop? And, and by the way, here's, here's just a thought, okay? This is coming from a guy who I've been tested for COVID like eight times. Never had it, okay? You've been five? No, you got five. Oh, okay. So five minutes left. But <laughs> <laughs> so basically, I just want everybody to know there's, there's an opportunity now in real estate. Rates are low. Opportunity is there. There is, could come a time when this goes to shit, okay? Just like in 08. There's a time it could happen. Yes, we have, you know, if you get a lo- locked-in interest rates, you get them low, you should be okay as long as there's renters. But if renters don't pay rent and you're not able to pay the properties off, that's another risk. So you always want to look at all options. I'm not saying what you should and shouldn't do, and I'm not agreeing or disagreeing with anybody's opinion. That's their opinion. That's their point of interest, whatever. But I want everybody to know that everything can fuck up. Yeah. Okay. Everything. So you could be the smartest person in the room and still make a mistake. Um, here's one that I just learned. I watched a Netflix episode on the DeLorean. This is the dude. John DeLorean, right? Yeah. This is a dude that was a GMC, top CEO, like youngest CEO, made a good decision, turned a, I think it was like what the El Camino, I think it was like a vehicle he turned into like, an, was like one of the top selling vehicles for GMC. Okay. Then he decided to go open his own car. Let's, let's be honest here. If you're a successful CEO, GMC, maybe you don't want to go open up your own business, but he goes and opens his own business, okay, takes the risk, borrows all his money, fucks everybody over, defrauds everybody, okay? Do you think people originally thought the DeLorean was a good idea? Yeah. A lot of people thought it's a great idea. It doesn't rust. It's just yeah. stainless steel. I still think the DeLorean's a good idea. Yeah. Like, everybody, <laughs> a lot of people liked it, but he poorly managed it, and he took a lot of money out. And guess what? He ended up poor, broke, and alone. There's a lot of people out there that have a good intention. Maybe originally his intention was good, and then he got corrupted by money or whatever it was. But be aware that money can be easily taken from you. Money can be lost. It could be the government. It could be you being shady with it or you trust the wrong person. There's how many actors, athletes we know gave money to people, right? And then they stole from them. So question, whatever happened to the, the woman whose father was worth $100 million that the government confiscated? He's dead now. Yeah. What happened to her? Um, she, nothing happened to his family. They didn't mess with the family they just took him put him in jail and took the hundred million dollars did they do anything financially uh business wise or did they just kind of i mean he was done i mean he was they they like that's interesting the thing so the thing is that and that's a whole thing food for thought i mean i literally heard this tuesday night and i don't know if she wanted me to say anything but that's why i leave her nameless absolutely but um but the fact that i heard that story really like put something in my head like do I really want the fucking government in my control? Like, do I really like what's going on right now? Do I really like being in the States? Like, do I really want to be in the States? Yeah. Or do I want to be like, on a, I want to be in Italy where it's, or Greece. You know, maybe I want to be in a country where like, it's pretty flat, you know, pretty flat and honest. You have money, you can get away with what you want, or you don't have money, you're fucking poor. You're whatever, scrubbing decks on boats. I don't know. But it made me really think, and this is sad to say, but I was thinking like, fuck it, I'm gonna go to Mexico. And my girl's Spanish speaking. She speaks the language. I'll, I learned a little bit. Un poquito español, mano más. You know, like, <laughs> mi comida. You know, like, I, I was thinking, I was like, shit, babe. Like, at what point 
They say fuck America. Yeah. Like I hate to say it because I grew up in this country. I love this country. My dad, by the way, was Canadian. He never wanted to be a citizen in the U.S. Mm. Luckily, they didn't kick him out because he's married to my mom. But my dad told me, he told me over and over again, he goes, I never want to be a U.S. citizen. My dad was Canadian. I go, Dad, why do you not want to be a U.S. citizen? Government's shit. Mm. He knew that in the fucking 80s. Mm. Our government's crap. I mean, look at the drug cartels. Everybody knows the government was in on it. Now watch any Netflix episode. You know the government was in on everything. But people are so fucking stupid. Oh, just let them do it. This is what bothers me. I think a lot of people don't know what to do. I think that's where a lot of people don't. In the same way you say, hey, if you really want to help people, help people financially. A lot of people don't know that their power is in finance. Yep. If yep. You, you vote with your feet and your dollar, right? Like that's a thing that you do. If you like something or you support something, you will show up to support them. And your, your money will help instantiate their actual whatever they're doing, right? But if you don't, most people will either walk away or won't spend on it. Do you know it. what the taxes are in Mexico? I don't. On income? Hmm. It's like 10%. Well, what do we pay? Oh, 40. Shit. It depends on what tax bracket you're in, but I'm assuming you're in the 40, high 40s if you're over. I'd say everybody's pretty much 20 plus, right? Well, yeah, it, and including the state with that. Okay. And yeah. then you pay property taxes, pay sales tax. Sales tax, yeah. What else do you pay? Taxes. I mean. Everything. Yeah. I mean, you're going to pay tax on essentially Your everything. Utilities. Yeah. Property, you know, like pretty much taxes are on everything, right? Like we pay taxes for everything, right? So our taxes are 50%. Think about it. Add it all up. Add your property taxes, add what you eat, add where you go, add your gas tax, add, you know, if you go out to eat, you know, tax on everything, right? So really think about that. We have the highest tax in the world. Don't get it twisted. We have the highest tax nation in the fucking world. We are the highest tax nation in the world. And yet our government acts like we're poor and prints all this money. So it's it's just, it's it's like we're so stupid as a country. Most other countries would have already, if this was like Cuba and the Cubans were watching what's going on and Venezuela and all this shit were watching and America just stays silent. But in the end of the day, I feel like, you know, for me, I got money. I could just bounce. Like I could just say like, you know what, I'm out. I'm going to go to Canada. I have Canadian citizenship. I also have Mexican citizenship. Okay. Do you really? Yeah, I do. I do. Giselle got it from me. It's like ten bucks right. and a fucking and a burrito. I'm just kidding. You're stupid. <laughs> but um, my point is, I think the root of this is we bust our ass for our families, and this guy did the same thing, and he lost all of his money because the government decided to change the loopholes and change yeah. the laws. So just be aware that there's always could be a change, like what they're trying to do with the state taxes and raise taxes on properties, and what was Biden's agenda, like tax real estate investors, yeah. really screw them. And who's really building the economy? Business owners, right. investors, why is our market growing? If there was no opportunity, nobody would fix and flip. Nobody would build it. Of course, there'd be no if incentive. There was no fucking opportunity, wouldn't do it. So why take away those opportunities from the people that are doing it? I want, if the government does listen to this, stop trying to tax real estate <laughs> investors. Stop trying to tax business owners. You want growth? Do what Trump said. Give the money back to the businesses so they can hire and grow. That's the reality. And when they did that, what happened? The economy boomed. And Trump was right. The economy boomed. And, our, and, and by the way, don't fucking uh, – I agree. The last thing, though, is I want to pe- premise on the Afghanistan thing. Mm-hmm. The Middle East thinks we're weak, right? The Middle East, you ever meet a Middle East men? How do they treat women in the Middle East? I mean, I've seen some pretty shitty shit. Right? Do they, do they treat them like American women? Yeah, I'm not going to generalize, but I've seen some But how do they treat shit. women in the Middle East overall? Not good. They don't. It's, it's pl- not. It's not in the first world way that it's, we're used to. Absolutely. We're, u- yeah. we're used to women being equal to men. Women are not equal to men. Okay. So you have a country that they don't really care. Women are just kind of like they're there. They're property. They can have multiple wives. This is the mentality. You look it up. If you don't believe me, look it up. There's plenty of research on it. Now I'm not sitting here to. I'm not a political like trying to say okay this and this and that. But let's be honest here. We pulled. We went in their country. We left their country with all of this stuff. There's all these things going on right now. I think it's very imperative that what goes on in the next six months to a year is going to reflect heavily on us. Right. And the fact that all these people are coming here, wonder who, who's what, could be bombings, could be killings, could be shootings, because we don't know who's, who's who and right. who they're bringing. Okay? So I just think it's a smart policy that our government implements something to protect us as the U.S. people, because if they don't, there's going to be, and not, not, it's just a, it's something, I know this podcast is real estate related and we got to do real estate and this is what we're out to do, but what's real estate if everything's getting blown up and bombed? What's real estate if everybody's out running and screaming? What really matters at that point? Like your family matters. So our government needs to step up and do something quickly before we have another international crisis. And let's be honest, rapid inflation already happened. Okay. They just imposed, they're just, oh, inflation went up 7, 8%. It's bullshit. Yeah. It's going up way more than that. 
Just be aware. Anyway. All right. Just want so, everybody to know. Yeah, absolutely. No, I'm always down for the rant. I'm always down for the Justin rant. I'm here for that. Uh, Mike, do you have any final words about anything that you wanted to talk to here? I definitely want to give you the opportunity as a guest to just, close this uh, out. I guess the biggest thing is if just get started. That's it. Just absolutely. Go. go. When people talk to me, I'll say, hey, you know what? We'll go at your pace. But if it's my speed, the only speed I know is go. So just, just get started. That's absolutely. it. Find a way. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. <laughs> For Mike Ucolano and Justin Fromstein, my name is Graydon Square. This is the Justin Broker Podcast. If you guys have any questions you guys want to submit to us, be sure to email us at thejustinbrokerpodcast at gmail.com. That is thejustinbrokerpodcast at gmail.com. Once again, for Mike Ucolano, Justin Fromstein, my name is Graydon Square. We will see you guys next time.